The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love Welcome, the power. Port Fam Radio fans, and this is the Big Footy Review podcast for round 22. The sky is falling. Woe is me. I'm upset. Everyone else is upset. Everyone's angry. Everyone's looking for answers. Even Koshy's in the headlights at the moment. Uh, man, it's a heavy day. It's a heavy weekend. I don't know how I'm going to get over it to recover. And tonight we've had to mix it up to provide a bit of optimism. And we've brought in Portia to the show. Portia, how are you going? Great. I'm super optimistic. Awesome. I love it. Yep. You can counteract my pessimism. And we've got the man, Mr. Fat Man himself, Bevo. He's come back. He'll give us some light entertainment and uh, and belief in the system. Bevo, how are you going? Great to, great to be chatting to you, Rick. And uh, welcome, Portia. Lovely chat for you. After yeah. all the times we've, uh, we've uh, heard from your interesting comments on, of course, uh, Port Fan Radio over the last 12 months. <laughs> yeah, I, I do give you guys a hard time on Monday sometimes when I do check in, just because it will be a game that I'm particularly angry about. But uh, there you go. We'll, we'll send no, our well wishes to Cam, who's uh, been helping out throughout this season as well. He's uh, he's on a jaunt, I think. Uh, you know, a bit oh. of a business uh, spending spree holiday. So um, enjoy your time away, Cam, and uh, I'm sure you'll listen in, or maybe you might remotely join into the chat. So. Guys, where do we start? Do we even want to talk about the rest of the AFL round that happened or do we just not care? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, everything that couldn't, we didn't want to go our way happened, uh, mainly Melbourne beating West Coast. So that's really snuffed out any logical finals chance. Bevo still believes, though, that we could be a chance. <laughs> no, I was, I was joking. I was saying that if we um, thrash Essendon and, <laughs> and the Gold Coast lose to Geelong, uh, then we're in. But Porsche said all we have to do is beat Essendon and Gold Coast beat Geelong and we're in. But, yeah, it's going to be pretty unlikely. Although Gold Coast did take it up to Brisbane on the weekend. Funnier things have happened. They did beat Sydney a few weeks back and we don't know how well Sydney are playing at the moment. So it has been one of those years, but um, I highly doubt it. I'll tell you what, though, guys. I saw a Collingwood first hand on the weekend. They've got some good players to come back into their team. They can win the flag this year. They are very impressive. Ah, oh, look, I mean, they're an MCG side and the flag's played at the MCG. Um, yeah. You know, but I yeah. guess they're always got a better chance than a, a team coming from somewhere else. But, I mean, how, how are they going to get past Richmond? I, don't I, reckon they can beat, I reckon they can beat Richmond. I, I saw their game a few weeks ago. And they probably should have beaten Richmond. They had a couple of injuries, and that sort of affected their rotation in the last quarter. And um, yeah, you're right, Porsche. They do play obviously a lot of games at the G, and we, we get highly ripped off us in state clubs. But um, no, I saw saw them firsthand, and their last quarter was as much as Port was disappointing. Collingwood are very impressive, and um, they're gonna they could shake up September. I'm putting some money on them to win the flag. Actually, I, oh, okay. I, I think they're. Yeah, I think, I think they can go all the way. They've got some good players still to come back in. They're very well balanced. Um, yeah, so they're ticking all the boxes at the moment. I'm a lot less convinced than you are, but okay. Yeah, I know, okay. he's like an excitable <laughs> little puppy dog, isn't he? He, just, he sees a new toy <laughs> and he's on, right? He, he sees Port Adelaide on there. I reckon they can still make the finals. 
Collingwood, I don't, I don't think they're up to it either, Bevo. Um, I think Port Adelaide really? are struggling and, uh, and we made them look most likely better than what they are. And, uh, you know, and we gave, but hey, they disposed of us like no other team of recent time has, um, which does beg the question, Ken, after the game came out and said, you know, we look like a, you know, a fighter that took a couple of hits and it didn't take much for a knockout blow. Um, what do you two think of, of Ken's review of the, of the Collingwood game from that perspective? I'd agree with that comment. Um... But I, I think there's other reasons behind our season, which I'll go into at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it summed, sort of summed up our season, didn't it? The first, the first three quarters, I mean, and again, it was just that one incident from that silly sort of stupid mistake by Motlop um, really cost us in the end. Okay, some people might say it was a bad decision, but it was a stupid thing to do. You don't go doing that right in front of the umpire. Motlop was clearly our best player on Saturday up until that stage and you know, he'd played probably his best game all year for the club, so he didn't need to do it. But anyway, that's just summed up our season. And I thought Collingwood's pressure was just unbelievable. And, and like Kenny, I think Kenny did sort of say that as well. We wilted under the pressure. And, yeah, constantly um, we were under Collingwood, you know, had two-on-to-one, three-on-to-one all the time. And um, we were just getting smashed. And eventually we just wilted under all that pressure. And it was a very disappointing last quarter. But... Yeah, that's all, that sort of sums it up. And probably, yeah, I think last week, um, losing that game the West Coast, that really did, as much as the boys won't say it, that really did give us a kick in the guts. And I don't, yeah, I think the, the result in the end on Saturday sort of just sums things up. Just We're just not good enough, so. Yes, I sort of agree with that. Porsche, yeah. um, well, did you go to the game as well? Oh, shit, no. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, looking at it from TV, it really did look like Collingwood did spread from the pack a lot more aggressively and it had a lot, of, a lot more running power um, than Port Adelaide. And we've looked gassed for quite some time now. I don't believe, even though we've had an earlier buy because of the China game, that it can make that much of a difference throughout the season that we dropped, what, six out of the last seven or eight games or whatever it is. Everyone seems to be gunning the players, the leadership group, the coaches, but no one's really talking about our fitness regime. Have you guys put any thought into our fitness department? And and do you think, you know, I mean, when did Burjo come on? 2008 or a little bit earlier? Like, has is Burjo's regime as good as what it gets to... Uh, be pumped up to be? Um, look, I, I think that Burjo has, he's two times with Port Adelaide, he's had the team really revving and raring to go for a couple of seasons and it's sort of drifted. It's not an uncommon thing for football clubs to do that. We saw that most prominently with Neil Craig in his times at the Crows where they had a couple of really blistering seasons where everyone played out of their skins and they just couldn't maintain it. Um, so if you're looking for they, they call him not a fitness coach, but a high-performance coach. And you have to admit that as far as our performance uh, under a Burgess regime, it's pretty high-performance. It, it is a high-impact one, unfortunately, and it's not one that can endure season after season after season. But, look, I, I think now that I've gone through and I've done for Port Adelaide what I usually do for uh, opposing sides every week, I think that the fitness staff are probably not to blame for this season. 
I think the coaches are. Interesting. What do you think about the fitness um, aspect of it, Bevo? You were there, front and centre. Did we look flat, tired, impotent out yeah, there on the field? Definitely not for the first three quarters. I mean, as I mentioned before, we were right in the game in the third quarter and um, and I thought we were going to come home and, and win. But, yeah, obviously the last quarter we just ran out of legs and just looked flat as a pancake. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's up and down. There's... Obviously, the situation earlier on in the year in the showdown where um, we came from behind to beat the Crows. Um, in you know, in other games, the Sydney game, our first half was a bit slow. We had a great second half. You know, look at the game against Hawthorne. We go back to 2014 where Berjo was still in charge, and we came back from nowhere really to nearly steal that one. So I don't think fitness is a major issue. I mean, I guess we have our ups and downs. And stuff like that, but no, I still, I still rate Berger. I, I don't really know a great deal about the guy that's taken over for him, but apparently he's leaving as well. So, uh, wouldn't it be good to get Russell back though, the guy from Hawthorne, because he's apparently one of the best? But yeah, I don't know who we're going to get next anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Russell's going to be the man. Um, are you sure our uh, head of uh, fitness is going? I thought it was a physiotherapist that was going to Arsenal. I heard it's out. The guy that replaced Virgil okay. is going is is going as well. Yeah, the little fella. Okay. That's what I heard. Oh. Yeah. Where? What sort of source did you hear this from? Because I've heard no murmuring of this whatsoever. No. I thought he, I thought he's going to another, um, mm. like maybe Arsenal or another Premier League club. You didn't yeah, hear I that? Think, no, that's just a physiotherapist, man. I don't think it's the head fitness coach. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Sorry, my apologies. I, yeah. I just that sort of thought. So, you can afford yeah. to lose a physio. Hey, but I don't know about yeah. you guys, but at this point in time, I'm actually not shedding a tear of anyone going. I um, yeah. I mean, there's two sides of the fence here. We can argue Ken's been okay, and he's he's got us to three final series in six years. Or we can argue that he's taken us to one final series, which we didn't win any games in four years. But overall, the club's now um, three final series in 11 seasons. Um, and we don't seem to be... Like what comes out in the media, we don't seem to be hurting that badly. Um, how, what do you guys take on, the, on our recent uh, history and of achievements at the club? Um, well, as, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, as far as being sad about people going, I mean, sometimes, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, look, I think we're just in a, in a stage where we're stagnant and I think the fans can feel that. And I think that the coaches have run out of things to tell the players. Uh, that's where I really feel where we're at. Um, anytime you hear in a press conference, our players aren't working hard enough, that's bullshit. Uh, they're working very hard. Um, can I go into my stats? Because it's going to explain a lot of my opinions for the rest of the show. Okay. But just just okay. before you do, um, okay. let's just finish off the, the game talk quickly and then I'm happy for you to go for it. Um, yep. Disposals, we were beaten by nearly 45 disposals thereabouts. Um, free kicks were 19 to 11. Uh, clearances, 38 to 35. So relatively close. 64 to 39 inside 50s, which has been... Our recent theme, uh, second half of the season, we were smashed in contested possessions by uh, by 30. 
Uh, they had more tackles, they had more hitouts, they had more interchanges. Basically, they ended up dominating the game. Yes, correct. The only thing I will say, and it's only a minor thing, and I'm not using this as a precursor to um, defend us in any way, but in that first half, I found there was two interpretations by the umpire for time to get rid of the ball. We had no time whatsoever, and Collingwood seemed to be afforded a lot more time. Now, we still hung in the game, and so there was no excuse for our last quarter. But in that first half, um, we seemed to be strongly disadvantaged by the umpires with their holding the ball interpretation, which caused a lot of confusion with our players. And actually, I, I believe Aidan Johnson, instead of holding the ball in with the tackle, uh, intentionally bloody chucked it out because he was worried about getting holding the ball. Um, third quarter, the umpiring seemed to correct itself um, to sort of help pour it out a little bit. And then in the last quarter, the umpire had nothing to do with it and the Collingwood just ran away from it. Uh, you mentioned Daniel, um, Daniel Motlop, Stephen Motlop. Uh, I still don't think that was a 50-metre penalty. I mean, A, he was antagonised just as much uh, before and the, it wasn't, you could hardly construe it a punch. The impact was so low. Um, um, so I don't think you should be handing out a 50-metre penalty for that sort of... Um... Uh, we, look, this is this is the thing we don't know, is that if the umpire has literally just gone over there to break it up, which it looked like he had, and then after he's finished saying stop it or I'll give a free kick and then Motlop does it, yeah, that's a free, that's a 50. That is a 50. So we don't know what the umpire actually said. Um, but I think that there was enough there that I could say, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a return. If the umpires tell you to knock it off or they're going to pay a free kick, then it's a free kick. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, again, I don't know. No one knows. But I don't think that just, oh, well, he did it first. When the umpire's right there watching it both, I mean, if, when the umpire's right there watching it both, it's stupid to do it anyway. But um, if he's also been advised, hey, this is going to happen, then it's extra stupid. And I think it's quite possible that that happened. Yeah, but, you know. yeah I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm with Borsha. Like, the, the 50 was pretty soft, but it was right in front of the umpire. It was just a very, very stupid thing to do. And they're also try they've also been talking in the last couple of weeks about how they're trying to cut out the punches and stuff like that. So it's just yeah, it was just a dumb, dumb thing to do. And yeah, that's all you can say about that. But Motlop was you can't blame Motlop though, because he was fantastic that game and you know, he tried his heart out and definitely had his best game for the club all year. So Porsche, what do you think? Um, what are these stats that you want to throw at us? Bring them on, let's have a chat about it. All right. So for those that don't, for those that don't regularly listen to the Thursday show, what I usually do um, is go through season stats for the opposition and work out, you know, a few things about how they're playing, what they're doing well, what they're doing badly. And I thought, hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, hey, let's do it for Port Adelaide. I didn't do it, but I've done it tonight because I'm on as a guest and I didn't have any other run down. I had to do anything. So um, I went to five areas. So you're talking about attack, midfield, defence, uh, application of pressure, which is what I'd call endeavour, and ball use, which is what I'd call either skill or system, or realistically both. Um, the first three categories, they're pretty much what you'd expect, so I'll just run through them. Um, in our attack, Port Adelaide this season have been 13th for goals kicked, so you know, right down the bottom as far as kicking goals. The way we play, that's not a surprise to anyone. 8th uh, inside 50s and ninth for marks inside 50. Now that's an interesting one, because it should mean, hey, uh, if we if we complain about how we're not marking inside 50, but the reality is we're, we're marking inside 50 in proportion to how often we actually go in. So our forwards, for what they get, for the opportunities they get, they're actually not doing too badly in terms of giving them an opportunity for set shots, but they do not actually 
confer a bit better. So it's not a complete um, awful thing in the forward line, but it's not great. In the midfield, yeah. Can I just interrupt you yeah. for a sec, Porsche? Yeah, wow, no one yeah. interrupts, Porsche. What's going on here? I don't mind. Go no, for no, it. No. I just like to I just like to know your thoughts on on um those stats are really interesting because I I'm a massive fan of Jack Watson I think he cops so much and uh, he's not a number one draft pick and Kenny said this earlier on the year he's not a number one draft pick we got him as you know like um what a pick number thirty or something like that so everyone keeps saying he's a number one draft pick but he's not he's obviously a lot older than when he first got drafted and I think considering, you know, the way the ball gets delivered into our forward line, he actually hasn't done that bad. And it's his first season. Give the guy a break. If he's next year he's crap, then okay, like then then we can start saying, oh, maybe it was a bad a bad idea getting into the club. But give the guy another year. Um, play him as a high half forward or maybe on a wing or something. But he's not a deep forward like they were talking about playing him on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I just, I've seen a lot of port this year, and the delivery into the forward lines, both in the sample and the AFL, is horrendous. So you definitely can't blame Watts for that. So that's just my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Um, I would say that uh, for the last, oh, God knows, the last hinkly many seasons, we've started off the year with a, a structured attack, and then by the end of the year, it's become one or two forwards and a bunch of chaos ball on the forward line. And I think that that's really... Uh, yeah, I think how, you want Jack Watts to perform in that. Well, good luck. You know, none of our other forwards perform in that, in that uh, situation where we slowly, slowly go away from having a structured forward line to overloading our midfield and or defence um, and just trying to, you know, to get the ball forward however we can. Um, but I think that it's also been errors in how he's been played as well. Like, he's just constantly been in contests for the ball. Like, he's a Ollie Wines um, you know, he doesn't get a ch- We all thought we would get opportunities to see him, you know, take a, a quick lead or even just in a, a medium paced lead to a ball coming in his direction. But no, it's all on top of his head, like everyone else in the forward line. Uh, it's all rubbish. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you get what you deserve, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And and I, I feel as though, I don't know, do you guys think that. Kenny needs a bit more help, like from some, maybe like a Choco Williams or someone like a senior assistant that can give him a bit more advice because Voss, Voss is doing okay with the midfield, but our forward line is a is a complete schmuzzle. And, you know, Charlie Dixon, try, again, tries his heart out, but once again, the ball coming in the way it is, he's had a couple of good games. And there's, I think, a situation back a few weeks when Lena hit Dixon on the tit, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful pass. It's like, why can't they do that more often? And, you know, I'm not an AFL coach, so I don't know why, but, yeah, maybe they do focus too much on defence, and that's why our scoring this year has dried up, because we're focusing too much on defence and not enough forward. But, um, yeah, again, I, I don't know what they can do. So I'll what does Rick that. think about it? So where are you going with <laughs> invite inside 50 stats, Porsche? Uh, we're eighth for inside 50s in the league, which represents our ladder position pretty much, so... Yeah. Mm. Keep, keep going. Oh, yeah, midfield. Um, so the midfield, there's only a couple of stats I can get on AFL tables, and I couldn't be bothered looking for more on other sites because you usually have to pay for them. Um, second for clearances, uh, but we do have the most clearances against. So it's really just a break-even in midfield. Um, and the 10th most hit-outs, obviously. We've had right of missing periods. We all know we all know what games that happened in. And then the third most hit-outs against. Uh, so we're losing hit-outs, and we're breaking even on clearances in the midfield. 
uh, from the purely midfieldy sort of stats. Not purely, but mostly. Is that an anomaly, though, because Paddy Ryder spent so much time injured? Hit outs is, yeah. Clearances is probably about where we'd expect them to be, um, given how we play. Uh, and going to defence now, this is the one, this is the shining star that uh, if the coaches are, I don't know, not attacked, if they're queried in the off-season, what did you do right? And they'll say the defence. And here's the stats, because they are quite good. Uh, we've had the fewest marks taken inside 50 against us. Uh, there's been the fourth fewest goal assists against us, which means that they've had to rely sort of on individuals doing something amazing as opposed to having time to set up uh, goals nicely most of the time. We've got the fourth fewest goals against, uh, and we are fourth in the league for rebounding from the 50, and we're tenth in the league for inside 50s against. So we actually are rebounding proportionately more than we're getting the ball into the... Um, or re- proportionately well compared to how often the ball's actually going into our uh, defence. Um, so the defensive stats there, they all look pretty good. And look, if that's okay, I'll just go on to application and pressure now, which is what mm-hmm. I call Endeavour, because this, this one's an all-field one. And this one, for me, is when the coaches say we needed to work harder, um, if we needed to work harder, these stats wouldn't be where they are. So let's go into it. Um, the least uncontested possession against in the league, which means that you have to work to get possession against Port Adelaide. Uh, and that's shown by the fact that when play, uh, opposition teams do get possession, it's contested. It's the fourth most contested possession against us. Um, we have the fourth most clangers against us, which means we're forcing errors. Um, if it's only one team, you can say, well, they're er- er- an errorful team. But this has been our average opponent. Uh, we've got the fourth most clangers against us. And here's the two big ones. We're first for tackles and we're first for one percenters uh, in across the whole league. Um, so the application of pressure, hard work, whatever you want to call it, endeavour... We are right up there. Like that, I don't think there'd be many... I don't reckon there'd be a club that as far as doing the things that you're supposed to do off the ball would have stats that would resemble what we've got there. Um, But here's the killer, which is the fifth one and the final one I'm going to talk about, which is ball use, Uh, and which is what I also call system. We're third for kicks. We kick a lot. Um, We've got the fourth fewest handballs, but uh, we've also got the fourth most clangers. So we're basically doing what everyone knows we do, we get the ball, we try and kick it downfield and hope something happens uh, rather than working through the middle with chains of handballs like every good team in the league does. Uh, and we're seventh for marks. So third for kicks, seventh for marks, that's not correct if you're playing well. You should, they should be about the same for the most part in terms of uh, across the league proportions. So if you hear a coach say the team isn't working hard enough, that's wrong. They should be saying we don't know how to make this team better because they're obviously working hard to get, you know, first tackles, first one percenters, fourth most clangers against, uh, and the least uncontested possession, which means they're contesting as much as they possibly can. They're contesting more than any other team in the league. Um, what? How can you work harder than that? How do you work harder than that as a player at Port Adelaide? How do you do it? Is um, that contested possession potentially tiring the players out? Of course it is. Well, yeah, like those four stats, tackles, one percenters, clangers against, and... Uh, uh, least uncontested possession against. I mean, that takes work to do that. That doesn't just happen by chance. You know, those all of those are uh, pretty representative of hard work going in, um, and that's not that's happening from players. So yeah, you could say the coaches are you know making sure they know where to run to counteract the opponent. But I mean, it also says that we've just got an entirely reactive game plan, um, and that we don't have any structure, which we know we don't have any structure taking the ball forward. Uh, we don't have a system of getting to goal. Uh, 
so when those things do fail, when we do start getting, you know, people, uh, teams getting easy, uncontested position against us, we've got nothing. We've got nothing, nothing at all. Um, so if you're saying it's the fitness coach that's not working well, well, I'll tell you what, our players are working harder than pretty much any other team in the league. Um, and if they're tiring out, that's probably why, because they're working hard and the score's not getting on the board as a result of it. Um, this is all on the coaches, guys, 100%. What do you think, Bevo? Yeah, round of applause to Porsche for those stats. They're amazing. Great job. Um, wow, yeah, that's very damning statistics, aren't they? I mean, defence, yeah. yeah, our defence is fantastic. We've got a young defence, and I think yeah. it's our defence is exciting. I mean, we've still got Hamish to come in next year, hopefully Brody. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look at some good positives about this year, and, you know, we found one in Lena, like he's an absolute gun and just hasn't missed a beat since he's coming to the side. Um, Farrell... Showed a bit, you know, his last couple of weeks have been a bit quieter, but, you know, he kicked three in a big showdown and a, a finals-type game, so I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah, probably agree with what Malcolm Blythe said the other day on the radio. We, we're, we're lacking speed, a genuine speedy midfielder. Like, I'd love to have someone like a gaff. That's probably going to be impossible to get. But, you know, someone like that that's got skills, that's quick, you know, like it um, probably got a lot of inside inside mids, which is... You know, like you said, the contested footy, um, but we really need more runners that can use the ball well. You know, like another Jared Pollock type would be handy. So I think that's what we'd lack. And then in terms of our forward line, it's funny. Like the start, we've as much as we've copped criticism this year, there's been some great games. The the Sydney win was just awesome. You know, Toddy Marshall was fantastic then, and obviously what happened with his family. Um, I think. Last year, he lost his mum, and then this year, he's that all other way around. But anyway, um, that's clearly affected him and his performance, and as it would, and hopefully he can get back to his best next year. We've really missed him. And Dixon, obviously, um, in a miss of one game, hasn't been the, the player he was last year, but again, um, <laughs> the way it comes inside 50, you can't really blame him. Um, so there is some silver lining, but we've definitely got to look at our structure and, um, yeah, probably work on our skills in the off-season and, and look at trying to recruit some more speed and some more classy midfielders and someone to help the forward line. I don't know, like whether we need a, an, another expert coach and maybe, I don't know, Warren Treadway or someone that's um, been a gun forward in the past to, to help out the forward coaches down there because our structure's crap. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> Do you have any think... um, turnover stats, Porsche? Because Malcolm Blyde on Sports Day tonight... I don't. I've got clangers, I don't have turnovers. Yeah, he was questioning the um, the turnover stats for Port Adelaide, which I'd imagine wouldn't be great um, because it was, it's pretty obvious that our our ball use or skill use has um, deteriorated as the season's gone on, which could be to do with the what you were talking about with the uh, the pressure acts and our energy levels and everything else. But I guess when you, you look at the statistics like that... Um, what do you think of Michael Voss getting a two-year extension and the rumour is potentially being upgraded to the senior assistant coach? Look, I don't know. Um, what do you say? Like, our midfield's breaking even uh, under Michael Voss uh, and they're doing one thing good, but as far as, you know, what the midfield's supposed to be producing inside 50s and, like we said, we're eighth, you know. We're eighth... Uh, with the 13th for goals, like, that's on midfield to get the ball forward. I would say we're doing all that great in that regard. And, 
I'd say that we're, we're just really just playing reactive and mostly kind of stupid football because who, you know, we've said it for years now. We've said it basically since Hinkley took over. What is our system going forward? What do we do? What, what do we do? What, what, is our, what is our go-to thing to do when we are, have an idea of what we're doing? Because even when we're on top of teams and we're playing well, it still looks like chaos ball, yeah? Like sometimes we'll be down the wing, sometimes down the centre, and it just happens to be whoever happens to be anywhere at any given time. Um, what are we doing? We're not making, we're not producing like you know Alistair Clarkson team does, which makes Russell look like a fantastic fitness coach. We're not doing things where every player on the team knows, okay, you're going to kick it, you're going to hold it, you get little breaks to to pause and regain your fitness. No, we run like maniacs all game long. We make every player in our team, and that's why adding an extra outside midfielder won't fix our team. Um, we make every player play contested football, and that's great. But at some point or other, you actually need to be doing things that are proactive and structured and attacking if you're going to endure through a full season. Um, Burgess did amazing things with our list in terms of getting us up for a couple of seasons, but um, humans aren't built to do a lot more than what we're doing. Um, It's just not the case, you know? It's interesting. I wonder if actually, like, everyone says, oh, we'd love to have Gaff or whatever, but in our current system as we play, I don't know if Gaff would actually make that much difference because... I don't think we take advantage of uh, Motlop and, say, Jared Pollock's leg speed that they have as well. Well, we were just saying, I was just saying before, you know, we played Jack Watts like he's an Ollie Wines, you know. He doesn't yeah. get to get loose. Um, and the reason Charlie Dixon occasionally works is because he is an, an enormous unit with ridiculously good endurance. Um, but if, it, it, look, it just says to me that, yeah, okay, the coaches have got the guys to work really, really hard. But when hard work's not enough, what have they got? What have the coaches got that's going to get us to a higher level? What have they got? they got nothing. And that means it's a clean-out time. Of the coaches? Yeah, coaches out. Bam. <laughs> Unfortunately, the... though, we're, uh, we're locked in. Stats we just it out. We just re-signed Michael Voss for two more years. I'd assume Laid's got at least one year. Bassett's probably got one year and... And uh, Kenny uh, has got another three years. Uh, Bevo, what did you think? Koshy came out and uh, on five AA this week uh, today, and you know, and said that everyone thought um, uh, Kenny was God at eleven and four. I actually, I'm not convinced no. by that comment, um, but that. yeah, that's what Koshy was saying. Everyone thought he was God at eleven and four, and you know, it could turn quickly. And Koshy uh, vows that Kenny is our man. What do you think, Bevo? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if we'd... <laughs> again, it's the positivity coming out of me, isn't it, Rick? And if we'd beaten the Crows and we'd beaten the West Coast, we probably wouldn't be talking about this right now, would we? So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. And we've had, we have had some good wins this year. We've beaten Richmond. Um, yeah, they didn't have Dusty Martin, but that was a really good win, probably our best win of the year. And we beat Melbourne, um, you know, and we've seen Melbourne... Hey, 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 hey you West can't... You can't count that win against Melbourne if you're going to discount the loss against the Crows. You can't do that. You can't. You can't say, well, if if we'd won these games, we just lost. We can't then count the games we just won. You can't do that. <laughs> Why is that? Well, how can you? How can you say, oh, we're not, you know, if we'd won these games that we only just lost, we wouldn't be talking about this, and then talk about the close games we did win. No, no, no. You got to, If you're going to discount close games, you've got to get rid of them all. It's like you know, what, scoring ice skating or something like that. Because if, you, if you're going to disregard close games results, then you're only looking at the rest of them, right? 
So at best, well, we're at 50% for close games this year and probably worse than that. Yeah, I guess I'll see where you're coming from. We probably do have we, pro- we probably do have a problem where um, we we don't, and it has been happening for a long time now. Where we, except for last year, but that was against the, the lower ranked teams, where we just don't, we need to get better at burying sides. Um, in fact, this has been happening for year, for years. At Port, you know, there's been a few times where we've given up 40 point leads and stuff like that, and back in the day. So it's been going for a long, long time. I don't know whether it's a mental thing or not, but yeah, you're right. Definitely got to get better at icing games and, and winning those crucial moments. And hopefully that will come with the, you know, when guys get a little bit older and stuff like that. Although so, you can't really, yeah. I'm on the Porsche bandwagon here because I mean, Ken's had this system now for six years and he still hasn't perfected the team being able to ice the clock. Um, you know, we had a bad reputation last year uh, for losing close games. Uh, we've, uh, you know, the previous two years before when we didn't make finals, we were dropping close games. So he's had six years to improve this. Alistair Clarkson's going through a, a rejuvenated list and he's already getting better results. I mean, he is a fan, just a fantastic coach, Alistair, as well. So it's not like we're comparing apples with apples here, but um, I just... Alright, here's a question for you, Rick. Yeah. Here's, here's one for you. Okay. Um, this, is just, this is a tough one to throw at you. Put the blowtorch on you, as they say, in talking footy. Um, yeah. Do you do you think our list is better than Hawthorne's list? Putting coaches aside, do you think our list is better than Hawthorne's list? Well, not having Hawthorne's list in front of me... And admittingly, I don't watch a lot of Hawthorne. Um, I'd probably say no. I'd what say about I... you, Porsche? Yeah, I'd probably say no too. So, so you think that um, Port's got a better list than the Hawks? No. Yeah, I reckon. I think Hawthorne's yeah. got a better list than Port. Oh, I'm oh okay. That. Well, no. I, I think they're I think they're more well balanced. We've got a lot yeah, of names. That's, that's the, the, the well balanced and the the ability to play to a system. That's largely a coaching and player management thing. But as far as quality players, I'd say that we're ahead of them. We've got, we've got, we have we names on the paper. If we had Clarkson coaching us, do you think we'd be a Premiership side? There you go. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ooh, Not immediately, wow. maybe, but within three years, I'd say yeah, we'd be right up there. But you don't think we can be with Hinkley? No, nah, no, I'm convinced of that now. Yeah, we, we can't. You can't just keep saying we've got to work harder. Like, no, 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 no. We we actually are literally working as hard as you can reasonably expect a, a footballer to work. So, yeah. What no, about what, we need what to about, play, work smarter, not harder? And if we got Scott Lysett, do you think that would make a difference? No. Uh no, not really. Might get a few more no. clearances, a few more inside fifties. I suppose that might be good. We get that with um, you know, any Ruckman actually playing as opposed to relying purely on Paddy Ryder. Uh, it doesn't have to be Scott Lysett. Honestly, we could um, just go down to, I don't know, draft a random two-metre-tall player person and say, just stand around the middle and, you know, try and negate the tap. Good on you. <laughs> you know, and get a better result than what we're doing with not actually um, playing a, a Ruckman to back up Paddy Ryder. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you guys are wrong, but um, yeah, 
Yeah. You're speechless now, Bevo. Yeah, I, I'm speechless, but a little bit concerned at the same time. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, I do. I did did rate Kenny after eleven and four. I was rating him big time. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of supporters that had question marks on our game plan, even when we were eleven and four. Um, yeah. And I probably, I probably was in the middle. I was, I was trying to be balanced, and I could, I, there, I could see some optimism, but I could also see where those people were coming from. But I wanted to also just look at it like, well, we're eleven and four. I got to respect that because you know you are where you are because that's how you play. So you know we were eleven and four, but there were warning signs. We were by that stage, we were already going through periods where we weren't scoring goals for quarters. Um, you know, that Richmond tussle, uh, you know, what, the second half was only two goals to one or something, right, for a half, a, nearly for a half a quarter. It was so low scoring. Uh, the Melbourne game, you know, that we really drowned that out. And, yeah, there was, there was too many times where we weren't able to put any offensive pressure on a team, which means we're allowing them to get back in the game. And, uh, and it could be from the stats that what Porsche was talking about is the guys are, are not working smarter, but they're working harder, right? And they are, and, you know, I don't know about Porsche, but, and I'm sure she's the same as me, but when we're being critical, we're not actually saying these guys aren't trying. Everyone knows that they're trying, but there just isn't a system that they seem to be trying into or the system that they're trying with is flawed, which is what Porsche is basically pointing out now. Yeah, like I mean, if anyone has a track record of instantly, I don't know, having a go at slash scapegoating players that are clearly not putting in, it's me. But right now, I can't do that because we know they're all trying. Yeah, like we we know that they're they're putting the effort in, but it's not clicking. It's not working. It's the it's the little things that aren't connecting up. You know, like you talk about what makes Hawthorne a good side and, and what makes any side a good side is when you turn over the ball in your forward line and you can see how it's going to come back the other way. You can't say that about Port, ever. You know, you could, you could under uh, Choco Williams at least, you could say, OK, well, Port's got the ball in their defence, so they're going to go chip, chip, chip along the boundaries and then they'll try and centre it to a leading forward. Like, that was something you could say was a Port Adelaide system. What's our system? We haven't got one. What do we do now? What what could you say that Port Adelaide reliably does when they have the ball in defence and they want to go forward? And you can't say it. So all the supporters are, have gone into blame mode. Blame, 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 blame. And they're blaming the coaches. They're blaming the board. They're blaming the players. They're blaming the leaders. Um, you're blaming the coaches pretty much flat out, Porsche. I think they've blamed themselves, haven't they, at one point? I think I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if it was Lady or Ken himself, I heard one of the, or read one of the coaches say that um, they just kept trying all sorts of different things. We tried everything we could and it didn't make a difference. It's like, well, shit, you know. There's only one thing that causes that. (laughs) And that's not up to it, right? You know. What about the view where people say, um, how can you blame the coaches? Once it's game day, it's up to the players. Uh, well, then what do coaches do? <laughs> like, if you're not going to blame them for what happens on game day, then what is their impact on a team? 
Because then surely if you exclude game day, then it must be setting up the team to perform on game day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the team consistently has no system and the same coach has been there for six years, at a certain point, it's not the players and the players have turned over a reasonable amount in that time. Um, it's got to be the coach. Got to be. So Porsche, Bevo, we've got Kosh backing in Ken to the, the hill. We've got the fans asking... Where's KT? Um, fans are basic. <laughs> a lot of them are looking for blood. Uh, is Kosh and the board have to be accountable at some stage? What about KT? Does he need to be accountable? Some people are questioning Chris Davies. He's the contract man. Uh, is it a cumulative sum, all of them? Um, you know, well, there's what do stages, you think? isn't there? There's stages, isn't there? So we've already gone through it. It's the players' fault, and we've had significant turnover there. We aren't changing over coaches. We have a, probably the most stable coaching unit in the league. Um, I would say that's not uncontroversial. Uh, and I'd say we've probably got one of the more senior coaching units in the league in terms of age and, I suppose, experience of coaching. Um, and we can't sack any of them, apparently, because they're all under contract. So what's left to say, well, who's given them these contracts? And then it comes down to, okay, it becomes either the executive uh, of the club or the board or both. So if you're not going to say it, Ken, you've got to look at KT and you've got to look at Kosh and say, fellas, what the fuck? Hey, lucky to say a uh, G-rated program. I thought it was only Bevo that used the F-bomb. Nah, there you go. We're talking about uh, asking a, a simple question to the CEO and to the board about, uh, you know, where does the buck stop? That's where it stops. And sometimes that buck becomes what the fuck? Bevo? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I'm always a positive. The, I'm always the optimist, as you know, Rick. And um, I sort of go back to <laughs> go back to the the basket cases that we were um, when Kenny first took over, and you know, like he's he's done a good job to get us where we, to be competing with in the finals and stuff. And okay, we might have only made one prelim. Might have only made one prelim, and. You know, this year was disappointing, but... Um, He's had so oh, many more resources than the coaches before him, though. Mm. Yeah, tr- true. Maybe, maybe, maybe it, you know, oh, I don't know, maybe next year we, he might just completely change things around, but I think he does need a bit of help, though. Like, I'm not sure who he can get to the club, but we, we do... I think, yeah, defence, definitely a tick. That's fine. That doesn't need any changing, but... We do need to be become become more attacking, and the first the first half against Collingwood, especially the first quarter, we were playing great, exciting, run and gun footy, like it was really good, um, and it was you know like I thought, yeah, Port's on today. This is exactly what Matty Lloyd said we need to do. We need to play fast, attacking footy, yeah. and you know score hundred points like we did against the Dogs, um, albeit different opposition of of course. But then after that, we just went back into our shells. Now. It could be different, two different things. It could be the fact that Collingwood, um, they provide a, provide a pressure and, you know, it made us defend rather than attack. I don't know, but, um, and turn into a bit of an arm wrestle. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know what the answer is, guys. Um, I want to hear, I unfortunately won't be able to, but I really want to hear Kenny speak to Kane Corns tomorrow night on Sports Day because it's going to be brutal, I reckon. I reckon Kane's going to be very angry and really ask the tough questions. So I'm looking forward to trying to hear that or at least hear back some of that interview. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, to be honest. I'm a bit... Dylan like says, you guys. Yeah. six years, Bev. He's had six years. Mm. Uh, you know, I think... <clears throat> yeah. I think he had, he's, he's lucky that he got a four-year contract extension at the end of last year. It is absurd. But the question, but the question is, guys, I, I see where you're coming from, but... Out, out there at the moment, who's out there that's going to take over? There isn't really anyone at the moment. Well, no, that's if not true. Had... There's at least, what, 20-odd, well, 30, 40, 50-odd assistant coaches out there that we work out which ones have got ideas uh, on how to fix what we've got going wrong with us, which is the fact but that hey... we're very good at getting the players up and getting them to work hard, and then in terms of actually going forward, they've got nothing. Uh, surely, we've, got, we've got nothing in the coaching box. Surely someone out of the... Um... You know the Hawthorne or system, the Sydney system, the Richmond system. I know Blake Carousella's name's been thrown up quite a few times um, in, you know, over the recent weeks. Brett Ratton, uh, even the West Coast system. You know, surely uh, there's an assistant coach there that can be poached. I mean, it's not just our club that loses coaches, um, but that's exactly right. Ian, poach from the good teams, like they like they did to us. I mean, if we could poach from a Hawthorne team. And, and get some intel on what they're doing there, which we're not doing, that would be amazing. And, um, yeah, I, I think we jumped the gun. And the scary thing for me is we didn't learn from the Mark Williams contract extension that we had to cancel halfway through, uh, which was just crazy. And, and, look, I mean, the other thing to consider is that uh, any business, and I'm sure Rick would attest to this, any business has to ask of its employees in the senior positions, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, like that, you know, at a certain point, you go, okay, Ken did some good things when we were shitty, got us up, and that's great, and he's got a lot of players, you know, got the play, he's got the players playing for him, but he doesn't know what to do from there. Uh, and we're at the point where we need someone that can take the next step, and Ken clearly can't. So you say, who else do you get? Well, shit, anyone, anyone. You, you bring in the best available candidate, and then you hope that they're better than Ken, because we know Ken isn't good enough. You know, that's it. So Is there potential go... that we signed Ken and Voss thinking that we're not going to get the player, the calibre of coach that we need? And so and so, do we not know something that the board and or administration department maybe know that we can't attract those people that we need? I think stability is comfortable. Yeah, stability is comfortable. And there's yep. a saying I think that's that, where we're at. And there is a saying, if you're thinking of sacking someone, you probably should have sacked them six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> right? And your, first, I think that your first instincts you, is predominantly right. If you're going to describe Port Adelaide as a club right now to anyone else right now, and I'm talking about the players, coaches, all the staff there, it's a comfortable club. They all seem to get on pretty well. They all seem to be pretty happy pretty much with what's going on with them. Um, and, you know, we're not in that industry. We're not in, the, we're not in the make friends and make our community proud industry, regardless of having that added uh, to our creed, the last part. Um, we're in the we need to keep working hard to be better and ideally be the best. And that doesn't come with comfort. Hey, um, just for something way off topic, I noticed on Big Footy, um, in the general footy thread, they've put up that TV host Wally Alley has been handpicked by the AFL to consult on the proposed 
new rule changes. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's exactly what I think. What the actual fuck? I did, I, what's going on here, guys? You guys are just out of control tonight. But, I mean, doesn't he not... He doesn't even like AFL, does he? Isn't he a bloody rugby soccer fan? Look, I wouldn't care if he was a rugby soccer fan if he had the background in game theory, for example, or in designing games or in any of these things that, you know, companies across the world pay huge amounts of money to make sure their games are balanced correctly, yeah? And a lot of the principles are actually pretty similar, and particularly when they are involving, even if they're computer games, and when they're involving things like a ball game, you know? There's a lot of people that work really hard and study and all that sort of thing to make this their field of expertise and we have not employed a single one of them at any point for the AFL rules of the game committee. So why not bring in a celebrity? What difference would it make to the current calibre of morons on that committee right now? <laughs> it is a crazy... It does seem like a crazy uh, selection. It is. Ridiculous. Are you guys uh, enthusiastic to see some big footy questions? Yeah, bring it. Oh, Kirk yeah, says apparently it. he's a Richmond man. And Dylan, apparently it is true, according to the tweet on uh, Bigfooty. All right, let's have a look. So, what do we got? Why does the club use Laid in their media interviews so much? He comes off very underwhelming. Maybe because he's an export player, so they think the, the fans won't go in? <laughs> I don't know. That's the best I've got. Yeah, good question. <laughs> well, he's an, uh, he's an assistant coach, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. what about things to do in September? These were my questions. Now that we won't be in finals, um, September's free. Is there anything good that we should be doing in September? I don't know. Have a holiday, do the gardening. That's a good time to do a bit of gardening, I guess. That sort of thing. Are you going to have a second team and watch finals or is football dead to you like it is for me now? Oh, usually it's dead for me. Um, Melbourne's playing, so that'll probably get me to watch it on TV, but apart from that, I just don't care. I want to see the Pies win, win the flag now. Okay. No, I won't. <laughs> if lucky, I might. if someone invites me around for a grand final barbecue, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. I might do that. Otherwise, yeah, I don't really care. Um, no, I'll watch, I'll watch all the finals. I love it. I don't care. If Port's not in it, it sucks, but I'll still watch it. I love my footy. So. And I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> protest on the, in the all-Victorian games. I, my, my one viewing eyes will make a difference. Uh, would you prefer to beat Essendon only for Geelong to beat Gold Coast in no finals? Lose to Essendon, Gold Coast upset Geelong, will cap up another what might have been shit sandwich for 2018, or we beat Essendon, Gold Coast beat Geelong, and we make finals. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Uh, Chachi said he's gunning for number two. Um, lose to Essendon and Gold Coast upset Geelong. Which option variant would you like? Well, I know Bevo is going to say three. <laughs> Porsche? The one that would annoy me most is if we smash Essendon um, in a meaningless game that will only serve to give us a shitter draft pick. Yeah, so are you in the pro losing this week? Uh, I'm not pro. Look, as far as the coaches and players, I want them to go out and do what they've done every other week. But if the players come out and suddenly play a blinder um, on the back of Essendon also giving up, um, that will shit me off no end. 
but I don't want them to go yeah. out there and try to fail, no. Can I just quickly say too, respect to Sydney, right? They were two weeks two weeks ago they were in the same predicament we were. I said they were cooked. I didn't think I thought Port and Sydney were both in trouble of not making finals. And they've dug deep and shown intestinal fortitude, uh, make the finals and now potentially still make top four. Uh, credit to Sydney and um, I hate to say it, but you know, that used to be the Port Adelaide that I used to know many moons ago that used to fight and scrimmage and were desperate to make finals all the time. Why couldn't we be like that? Eric Blair... If you could inhabit Hinckley's mind, being John Malkovich style, what changes would you implement in terms of personnel and game style? Resign. <laughs> I quit. What about you, Bevo? What would you do? Can you repeat that question again? Sorry, mate. Oh, man, you stop reading the <laughs> porn sites, Bevo. I keep telling you this. Just got to wait. If you can inhabit Ken Hinckley's <laughs> mind being in being John Malkovich style... What do you do? You know that movie? Uh, not really. No. Oh my no. god! How can you it not basically watch means, it? it? Look, don't worry about it. It just basically means you jump into Ken Hinckley's head and you are Ken Hinckley for a little bit. What would you do oh. as Ken Hinckley if you were Ken Hinckley briefly? Good question. That is a that's one of the hardest questions I've been asked all year. Um, oh, good question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> probably go go out and appoint. Someone to make my team a bit more attacking. So um, look at other teams and yeah, follow maybe the Richmond motto, um, or yeah, maybe try and speak to Damien Hardwick in the off season, or speak to someone that's been kicking more goals than us this year. I don't know. That's a very. I don't know how to answer that one to be honest. So if if you had the same option with Keith Thomas, what would you do? Resign. <laughs> Is it going to get to a point where it could be damaging his brand? We all his know brand. that Keith Thomas. We all know with the CEO uh, philosophy. If you if you're a CEO and you take uh, a skyrocketing company, you know it it can always be sometimes there's only one way to go, which is down, which is bad for your brain. So uh, brand. So you'll jump ship as quickly as you can, get in, get reputation, go. Or if you get a if you get a real dog with fleas. Um, you know, you can't really lose because if you if it bums out, well, then, uh, you know, oh, well, you tried hard, man. There's not much you can do there. Uh, but if you get improvement, um, you know, it can really do well for your brand as a, as a CEO. As, and, I mean, has Keith maybe stayed for his personal brand as CEO one or two years maybe longer than he should have? No, I don't think so. I, I, like, if you're talking about it from the perspective of next job, I think that, you know, I think he's fine because he did have that initial success. And what there's a high turnover, there are CEOs at companies, isn't there? Realistically, like, you know, if you've got more than five years as a CEO of a company, you, you're doing pretty well. So, um, yeah, no, I think he hasn't done any damage to his brand at this point. He's taken a team that, you know, if, if you're talking, you know, resume-wise and what you say to other potential employers as him, he's taken a team from basket case to at least stable and occasionally competing in finals. Um, See, that's my, that's my thoughts as well, Portia. And that's what I've been trying to say all along tonight, that um, it's you just got to look at where we were to where we are now. And, and it's, okay, Ken's had six uh, years and hasn't had that success, but, yeah, KT's not doing a bad job, I don't but think. But even, even no, no, KT's no, no, had no, no, better no, no, resources. 
but this is this is the thing like oh isn't done there which is that yeah he's he's done no damage to his brand right now and he absolutely hasn't um but like i said ceos don't tend to last a lot longer than maybe five years unless they are you know something remarkable happens or they are also the owner um it's pretty uncommon so so at a certain point you move them on you get something else when that person is no longer getting that that steep uptake in in results and the, the company is stable and you can replace them because the company is stable, then you do it, right? Like, there's, what's, the, what's the improvement curve for KT from here? I would say there isn't one. Is there? Like, what's he, what, what extra thing is he going to do to improve the club from this point onwards? I don't see it. And, you know, we're not innovating anywhere, are we? we we've got China and that's nice. And that might be good one day, but that's still a, a, um, an opportunity uh, cost more, or it's an opportunity expense more than anything else. Um, but you know, when you when you buckle, when you double down on all of the other appointments in the club, you know, you make sure you got all of your your key personnel there for a longer time. Like, what do you need to keep that same CEO for? Do you try for something else? You know, if things start looking like they're not going well, then you, you just replace them, right? Don't you? Dylan and said I that. Think, he, honestly, Dylan said he'd tell the players to work harder as well, Porsche. <laughs> yeah, good I. Um, <laughs> But ultimately, you know, he should be at the point where he's, and he probably is, he should be at the point where he's looking to find another job to move on to too. Because, what, again, what more can he do in this current role? What What's left? What what lands are there left to conquer for KT? Um, anything that, any other gains that Port could make from already having gone from basket case to stable AFL side, they're going to be marginal. Um, so it's time for him to look at something else, you know, either in the sports field or an entirely other field where... You know, for example, companies post-merger where they're trying to get a basket case to a point of stability. Like, you know, KT's got a really good public example of that in his career of taking a, a club that wasn't working and making use of the extra capital injection to create a stable company. So I would not be surprised if he was looking at moving on, and he probably should. And the club should probably be okay with that. Awesome. Um Kirk says we should open the chapbook to keep Pollock as well. Nah. <laughs> time for yeah, time for some change. Well, oh well, no, I, I don't think for that reason. We just got to be smart. That's all. Yeah, well, I don't want to. Over, I, don't, I don't want to give him a five-year contract at seven hundred and fifty thousand or whatever it's going to be. No shit, no. No, nah. But he was very good on Saturday though, and probably yeah. could win our best appearance this year. But of um, course, yeah. But yeah. like no more than the three-year contract, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And look, I mean, here's the thing: Pollock is absolutely a player that might even damage us more at another club, but because of uh, uh, our system, he plays a lot more contested than he probably should. Yeah. Like every like every player at Port Adelaide does. They, you know, all the outside players they have to play contested football because that's how we do it. Um, if you did get him to a club that had, you know. Uh, a decent system, he could be a lot better than he is at Port. I think you would agree with us against the rest here, Porsche. He's uh, he or she has posted coaches select players. If a player is out of form and gets picked to play, that's on the coaches. If we recruit too many grunt mids and not enough pacey skilled mids, that's on the recruiters. That's the list manager. Yeah, that's right. This is not the players. Ken's game plan does not allow players to play their natural game. Unless it is contested high accountability, like that's why Jake Need got as many games as he did because that is his style. Um, Except for not his, that he's good. the size of a schoolboy. 
Oh, he's got nothing else, but he, he had the core attributes that uh, Hinkley Ball wants, so uh, that's why he got as many opportunities as he did. Um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> Guys and girls, we've made it to nine o'clock. Amazing. I was hoping to wrap this up in five minutes, so we eked out, <laughs> we eked out the 60 minutes like we uh, were supposed to. Uh, thanks for the chatters that have come on. Thanks for the input, team. Um, are you hoping for a poor win or loss Porsche on Friday? Um, I'm hoping for the coaches to be exposed. And how, how are they going to be exposed? It might be in a loss. It might be in some other way. I don't know. But I don't want a bullshit... Oh well, we finished the season on a high note win that is completely meaningless. So, but I, I'm interested in that. Um, how are they going to get caught out? If they because if they if they if Port come out and play this run and gun attacking game plan and uh, and win 120 to 70, right? Um, sure. Isn't that going to be a hollow win? Oh yeah, hugely. Yes, I agree. Um, well, particularly against another team that is also probably in the giving, or is definitely in the giving up stakes for the season. You know, Essendon, like, they can't make the eight either. Yeah, and I can see Essendon willingly and dropping this And they played the guts out last week too, and it's away from their home ground. You know, they've got no real reason to be playing their guts out. Um, not, not when there's about a better draft pick on the line. What do you think, well, Bevo? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to see a fifty point plus thrashing by Port? Do you want us? Do you, yeah. Would you rather us lose for a draft pick? Um, you don't no, care. No. I'd rather see us have a good win on on Friday night to um, send us out with a positive note. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I'm, I guess once again, me being an optimist and stuff like that, I'd like to look at quick, just quickly, some of the guys that um, potentially can play for us next year that can make us better. And Joel Garner is a terrific bloke. I've met him earlier on this year and, and he's got a fair bit of talent. We missed him in the Magpies a lot and I think he's definitely a future AFL player. Sam Hayes, we also missed quite a bit, um, especially when Ryder went down and, and he's got potential. So there is some good players um, that were playing in the sample that, or that were injured. Um, obviously, Marsh is going to come back. So I'm trying to look at the positives and, and stuff for next year and there is there is a talent there. I think we've just yeah, like you got like we've spoken about, we've just got to look at our game plan and come up with a better way of scoring more and, and making the most of the, the good quality forwards that we have because we don't have a bad list. Um and we've got some good guys to Hamish Harlan's gonna be huge next year. Um so I'm looking forward to two thousand nineteen and just seeing how how things go and yeah, let's hope that we're proved, well, you guys are proved wrong because I'm still a little bit on the Hinkley side. I still think he's got a bit to offer. Um, and let's hope that we can go good next year and get a better structure. <laughs> what do you guys think with uh, the final final point of the year? Uh, I think I'd rather have gone six it, years. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I, uh, I'll hey, be what really we're talking annoyed. about. I'd be really, really annoyed if we come out and played this free-flowing, attacking game style, which everyone's been crying out for. It'd just be meaningless. It, that's exactly right. It would be hollow. And it would be like, well, where was this six weeks ago? Um, you know, when, when everything was on the line and we just went ultra-conservative to try When it was and, hard. That's right. You know, 
now we uh, now we get courageous when there's nothing on the line. You know, it's like it's like Billy Frampton. What? A, how would you feel if you're Billy Frampton if the if the coach goes, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna play you this week because um, it doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, if I was not that I would, but you know, probably a twenty year old Rick probably would go, you know what, Ken. Yeah, I think I pulled my pulled my calf this week. I don't know if I can play. Um, yeah, but I mean that would be bittersweet too. You know, for a young fella that's um, to miss out all year to then get the last game. I don't know, which means nothing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of in a bit of a quandary about this game, and I'm actually concerned uh, how many supporters are going to go to this game because a lot of them are pissed and uh, and not in an alcohol sense. So um, it could be a little bit embarrassing for the footy club. There is one thing I'd like to see this week, uh, and I, I saw that he kicked a few goals again this week for the Magpies, and that's uh, see Joel Patmore get a debut game. Um, I see he was also named in the best for the Magpies, so um, yeah, bring him in yeah. as well. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Can you guys see SP- yeah. SPP as well? Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I hope Sam Power Pepper's in. I hope Patmore's in. I, I hope they keep Farrell in the team. Uh, keep Aiden Johnson yeah. in the team. They, you know, they're future players. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, and just yeah, but don't give token games. And I can see they're going to pick Frampton, and I. Um, but yeah, it's too late because obviously, what's the point of playing Ryder this week? You know, there is no point. He's injured, no. sore. So obviously, Billy's going to be the one stepping up. And in relation to Sam Haynes for. 2019, I think we won't see him next year. I mean, he injured his knee halfway through the season, so he ain't going to be back till halfway through the year. And he's a young ruck. He's only going to be, what, 20? So I'd imagine he'll be spending any re- uh, recovery time in the SANFL getting right for 2020, I would imagine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, forgot, I thought it's, I thought it was a bit earlier on the year, but, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably about halfway through, wasn't it? So, yeah. um, all right, here's... Can I ask you guys one final question? Sorry, I know we're going a bit over time, but it's all good content. Um, out of who, who do you think who do you think will be delisted or traded out of our current squad? Well, Porsche. It's not. It's not hard. Um, I think I'll just bring out the team list. Tumpus, obviously, he's right at the top of that list. He was last year and should be gone. Trengove. Um, yeah, look, hey, I'm going to name about 10 players, so let's just hang on to Trengo because he might be but one of the ones that stays because you, you can't change I want you to many. make some tough calls. I want, I want you to name... Why? Some, we uh, we can make start, so many easy don't, ones. Don't pick, don't pick the fringe <laughs> ones. Is there any starting... That's how you delist, though. But is there That's any starting delist. 22 players that you'd be moving on? Delisting? No, Not starting or, moving, 22 or, moving, players. or moving on. Like Jasper Pitter. For example. Oh, look, that's a bit more detail and something I'll probably go through when we do the review um, podcasts later and or after, Tuesday, after Tuesday, this week, I suppose. Tuesday, Tuesday week. We'll do one more Whatever review with Bevo and Cam and, and then we're on to the player reviews, me, you and uh, Craig, Tuesday week's time. But, but if you want the easy ones, Jake Need's gone. Matty Broadbent is probably done, so he's gone, so that's two. Um, I would say that uh, Trent McKenzie's probably done, three. I would say Billy Frampton's clearly done for. Uh, Billy got? Frampton's contracted. Oh, well, anyway, still. Anyway, let's keep him on the list for now. Tumpus, five. Um, da, 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 da. Amon? I'm not, oh, I've gone past him. Yeah, probably Amon. Well, Amon I'll probably trade. I'm looking just purely the listings at this point. Um, I'd say Will Snelling's gone. That's six. Sure. Uh, 
I reckon that Don Barry's probably gone at seven. Cam Hewitt's gone eight. Um, Emmanuel Era's gone nine. And Lindsay Thomas has probably gone 10. So I've delisted 10. And that's before we talk about players we could trade. So not all of those are going to happen. You say the name Tringo. Tringo is ahead of all of those 10. Um, <laughs> so that's not that wasn't even hard to find 10 players to the list. So let's not expect everyone to go that can potentially go. Okay, interesting. I'd, I'd keep a few of those. I'd, Who? I'd keep Tringo for sure. Oh, yeah, um, I didn't have him on my list. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's good. just because Rick mentioned him. That's all. I'd, um, I'd keep, I'd keep Snelling because nah. I think he shows. I think he shows enough. Um, and I'd also keep Hewitt because I think both those guys showed enough this year. The Maggies in a shit year to um, give them another year, I reckon. And Era, oh, see, I'm a big Era fan. I've watched him and I, I love the, I love how he goes about it and he takes the game on. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe not quite good enough at AFL level, but I'd love to see him stay. But if he doesn't, well, that's that's fair enough. But yeah, that other other than that, yeah, all the rest of them I agree with your Porsche. Yeah, so it's not hard. Um, yeah. You know. So who would you uh, who would you look to trade out? Amon. Yeah, Amon, I reckon would be on that list. Pittard uh, in trouble. No, just because I think that our, when we lose broadband officially, um, even if we get Hartler back, and we can't expect Hartler to immediately come back as you know as good as he was before he got injured, um, then I think that Pittard probably just stays purely as a depth halfback flanker. Um, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, who else? You see, apart from that, I'm happy to keep most of them. I think um, if there was a good offer for Ollie Bonner, I'd have a good hard think about it. Um, but apart from I'm that, gonna throw, no. I'm going to throw a massive, massive curveball. You guys are going to be very surprised about this, but um, I, oh, I love Chaddy Wingard, but he seriously, sometimes I watch him and think he seems disinterested. And there were situations on on Saturday, he'd go and get ten disposals in a in a second, I think the second quarter, and then he went missing in the last half. Now he's he's got so much talent, but. Here's a big but. I, I don't want to lose him. However, if it meant us getting an absolute gun of the competition, like I'm talking someone that can play both ends, like a James Sisley from Hawthorne or someone like an absolute future superstar that plays well every single week, like even Michael Hurley from the Bombers or Hooker, you know, someone that's a really good player at both ends, um, or like an Isaac Heaney. I know we're not going to get him, but... I'm just saying, hypothetically, would you guys trade Wingard? <laughs> no uh, way. No, no. Don't blame no. Chad. Blame the coaches. I mean, I'll, I'll reverse your hypothetical question. What sort of player would Chad be if he was playing at Hawthorne? Well, I mean, you just look at what he is right now. He's a 20-possession-a-game 20, 20 uh, player playing in midfield. He's still managed to kick uh, more than a goal a game in that time. Uh, he's getting, what, three-odd tackles. Uh, he's getting four inside 50s a game, which we already know that we're a team that doesn't get a lot of them. Um, clearances, he's getting about three a game. Uh, he's right up there in all the stack categories we talk about. And then there's the fact that I just really want to see Chad Wingard play under a coach with the system. He yeah. would be an absolute superstar. Now, th- that's, the big, that's the big difference between um, when he started with us and what he's doing now, which is when he started, he didn't have a responsibility, so he could just do the fantastic things. But now he's playing with responsibility. Um, in a system that's not working. So how uh, influential was Richardson and Walsh on Ken Hinckley's game plan? 
I don't think hugely at all. Uh, Walsh might have been. I reckon Walsh probably was, but for Richardson, no, no. You don't think so? Yeah, see. No, no, because we just haven't seen anything from him as a senior coach at St Kilda to suggest that it was anything other than he happened to be there at a good time to get a shot somewhere else. Yeah, well, Walsh definitely an influence. And yeah. just getting back to Chatty, no, don't get me wrong, like I, I rate him as a player. I'm just saying, like hypothetically, um, you know, he does frustrate me sometimes and um, sometimes he does he does seem a little bit like he can't be can't give a fuck. But um Do you, do you yeah, guys know, are just like, out of control tonight? Honestly. They're swearing. What about the kids? What about the children? Ah, uh, look, if they're Port Adelaide children, they're probably swearing more than we are right now about how we're doing because they've never seen a premiership. <laughs> I mean, if I was going, if we're going to throw up a hypothetical scenario like that with Chad, I would be more saying let's throw out to the Wolves uh, and let Westoff or Boak roam free, um, you know, and go thanks for your careers at Port, love it, or Brad Ebert. They're not um, worth anything though. That's I'm not, no, but I mean, I'm not saying trade. Just say go, go find a. Go find an opportunity with another AFL club, yeah, because we need to get you. You wash your you wash your mouth out with soap. Westoff was that was we'll win out probably be going close to winning our best and fairest this year, Rick. Yeah, there's, <laughs> right. there's no value in telling them to piss off, honestly. <laughs> oh my but god, I, I didn't I, I didn't even we, mention trading Jack Homsch before, did I? Yeah, Jack Homsch was on the trade list I as have, well. Was was Jack Homsch injured on Saturday? Because I saw the footage nah. in the third quarter of him <laughs> trying to chase. Mason Cox, and he looked like he was stuck in mud. Poor old Jack Homsch. I, I would say he's just cactus generally. I think his hips are just cooked. And it's sad because, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago he played very well, but he looked in big trouble. He's been off for a while, yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, it's all good about, you know, your best and fairest Westoff man, Bevo, but where was he against the Crows and the West Coast Eagles where he disappeared and, and became a ghost? He's like Patrick Swayze, my friend. Sometimes he's not alone you, there, though. Sometimes you see him and sometimes you don't. And sometimes when the heat's in the kitchen, he ain't there. You can put your hand right through him. He disappears. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I mean, um, do, do, you guys, do you guys don't see where I'm coming from with the wing guard thing? Like, would, what no. if we... It would have to be an absolute... It would be an, have to be an amazing player. Like, no. obviously, you know... Like, a, like, that player's not coming. That's the it, thing. Like, if that, <laughs> if that player was available in this trade period, we would already know they're talking about leaving their club. They're not there. So you don't offer up the best it's player a, in the trade period for no reason. I think Chad's just a, an easy scapegoat, right? He is. I, th- I think people want to pick on Chad more than the coaches. You know, I think, Porsche, you've called it right with the coaches tonight. But it's just... Um, it's just easy to go, oh, Chad looks disinterested, right? It's a bit like, oh, where's Justin? A few years ago, Justin Westhoff, he doesn't look like he's interested. It's just the way they hold themselves in the, uh, with their body language and stuff. But, you know, I, I see Chad as a very passionate port guy playing in a, in a very dysfunctional team at the moment. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you're probably right, Rick, and let's hope... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Chad, Chad fan, and I remember, yeah, like I said before... Yeah, just had to look at the showdown in his first season and he was just absolutely... When he won the game for us, kicked five goals and he, you know, was an All-Australian his first year. So he's an absolute gun. Um, and I don't, I don't want to lose him, but I'm just saying that, yeah... Uh, if it's a man why is... What's happened to 2013, 2014, Chad Wingard and Ollie Wines? 
Responsibility. Right. Yeah. What's happened to those two guys? Is Responsibility. It their fault? Yeah, but is it their fault? Well, no, it's not their fault any more than it was um, Stewie Jew's fault when Choco Williams made him a backman. You know, it, it's just you get given a role in the side and then you play it. If you're, if, you know, if you're going from young player who's sort of told to go out there and have, you know, have fun and you know do generally these things, the more what time you are at a club, the more responsibility you're given. Uh, they're playing very controlled roles in the side right now, and a lot of the team is dependent on them being able to do those roles. That's what happens. And so then the question becomes again, what are those roles? And are, the, are they, number one, the best use of those players? And no, they're not. Certainly the Wingard one, you say, yeah, he's doing all right, um, but it's not working. <laughs> it's, it's not doing, it's not enough. Wingard can't do everything. We need more than just Wingard, and that doesn't mean you trade Wingard and, and bring in just randomly someone. It means that you need to add more um, uh, forward-moving system to the side, and you need to get that from somewhere, and that's probably from a coach that believes in it rather than starts the year with a forward line every fucking year, and then by the end of the year, we've got one forward on their own in the forward 50. You so know, what about, that's the... what about the other? This is the last topic. We've gone 15 minutes over now. You still are a bad influence. You, yeah. And you blame me for talking too much. It's you two this week. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are also critical of changing our our vision from we exist to win premierships to we exist to win premierships and make our community proud. Yeah. Do you give a crap about that? Do you think that's uh, made us a bit mellow in the belly? I or I think it's an example of bullshit that um, happens when you have a team that is comfortable and isn't about success uh, on field. Would you like to just see it? We exist to win premierships. I uh, I was the one that made the big show about how we should have that on our big footy board uh, as the thing next to PAFC 1870. So yeah, I, I'm all about we exist to win premierships. Bevo, last comment before I shut you all down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with Porsche on that one. Um, community community's good, but yeah, you know, if if we're not going to win premierships, then um, bring back the tarps. We'll bring back the tarps because people aren't going to come. I mean, you, you don't support an elite football team and pay hundreds of dollars for a ticket because you want to make your community proud. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll um we'll be getting back to the the days of Footy Park having thirteen thousand people at our games if we're not careful. Yeah. Well, if, you think, want to make your, if you want to make your community proud, you give money to the community, don't you? That's what you do. I think, I'm actually uh, concerned, about, yeah. I'm concerned about next year already. Like Now that Hinkley's been appointed, because there's so many Hinkley haters out there, I'm worried about what sort of crowds we're going to get next year. Now. Oh, they'll be mate, mate, you should be worried because there is a lot of people, and I'm not one of them, but there is a lot of people that will not be probably going next year. Right? And I... I wanted to recognise some of my clients and I, so I took some to the West Coast game and there was one client, uh, I had to beg his wife to get him to come. He's an avid Port fan. He hasn't, he hasn't gone to a game for at least five years, but he just renews his membership, right? Wow. He's, he's sick of the way we play and he doesn't, yep. li- and he doesn't like, like the AFL style anymore, but... More importantly, he's just he's disenchanted with the club, right? And the way that we play. And he feels that we've moved away from the fabric. And I begged him to come and I said, I promise you, 
the boys will be different. They'll get over the line for you. And then we lost after the siren in the West Coast, right? And that will probably be his last AFL game that he'll go to. And it doesn't, it's not that he hates the club because he still renews his membership. And there's more and more people that are like that, right? And I think oh, that... Oh, well, I, I don't think, think it's... Yeah. Oh, anyone... Like, I remember we had multiple season tickets back in the in, at Footy Park. Like, we had four between two people and anyone else we could get to come along. And they were really good seats. And at the end of the day, you know, when we were in those dark days under late Choco, you just couldn't give them away to anyone. There was no one wanted to go to the games. No one, no, you couldn't get any casual port fans to go to games for free in excellent seats. Uh, and we just, we have reached that stage again. It's not a new thing. It's just we have reached that stage where a coach has been around for a long time. The club doesn't look to be going anywhere good. Um, and people don't want to waste their time on that. They all stay at home in the comfort, in the warm. Um, eating a meal or going down to Soto's and getting some uh, chicken and chips and then going home to watch the game as opposed to checking out to uh, a windswept stadium where even the best seats uh, aren't covered from rain. Or maybe they want to come and get their tax and talk exciting finance topics with Rick at New Vision. That sounds like Yeah, fun. maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, God. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess that kind of would make sense. Like if you have an option to either talk to Rick about finance or watch Port Adelaide play right now. I mean, you'd talk to Rick about finance, wouldn't you? Yeah, that sounds much better. Good way. <laughs> or, or, you could, or you could chew the fat with Bevo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Chew the fat. Yeah, so I, I, I'm worried, to be honest. And I don't know, I'll tell you what, if we, if we start off shaky next year, I think it will drop pretty quick. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I... So one influencer I think that's going to need to have a massive change in 2019 will be um, Tom Rockliffe. He needs to have a he needs to have a big year for us next and year. Watts. And, and Watts. And Watts. Yeah. Yeah, I think Watts wasn't too bad this year. I think he's just he's been hurt by a, a faulty system, but uh, yeah, that that's true. We did talk about that, didn't we? So yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Rock, Rockliffe just looks cooked. He didn't have a preseason, did he? So you know. But I mean, he did not yeah. look like he wanted to tackle on the weekend. His his shoulders looked like they were absolutely shot to bits. Yeah. Well. Yes, they might be. <laughs> All right, guys. We're twenty two minutes over. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Thanks, Porsche. Thanks, Bevo. No worries. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, someone will be on on Thursday to preview the Friday game, I guess, Porsche. Well, I mean, I'll be on. I don't know who else will. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might be free. If me and Macca and you, we, we can do it, or one of his, yeah, someone will do it anyway. We'll see you all on Thursday. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> see you guys. Nice to chat to you, Porsche, as well. <laughs> yeah, you too. Good job. See you guys. Bye. Comfort. Couldn't take it. The bull famous, the Magpies. Coming through hard there. Number three was Doreen, the Magpies. Rim McGuinness, Torpedo Pump, outside of 50. Oh. Good night, Magpies. <laughs> What a goal by McGinnis. Oh.